face is full of hair. <laughs> Why is it every single time we start? <laughs> it's venom in your face most oh of the time. God. <clears throat> Welcome to the Castle Rock. Wait, I already messed it up. <laughs> Welcome to Watches on the Couch Castle Rock. I am one half of your host. My name is Chris Nays. I'm joined by the other half. Venom's butt. Venom's butt, uh, but in a... You know, very real sense, it's the other human. Oh, is... uh, me, Debbie Hodges. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Debbie, how are you this fine morning? Face full of hair. Face full of hair. We've established that. I feel great. You feel great. I feel great. What better day to talk about the movie Doctor Sleep than many months after it was in theaters? <laughs> <laughs> but only a couple of short weeks since it's been released on video or... Uh, video, well, yes. Uh, Blu-ray. VHS. <laughs> we are here to talk about that and nothing but that today because we don't have time for anything else. Right. And look at you, full of notes. I have so many notes. Look at me. You are absent of notes. Full of non-notes. Um, That's okay. You've never had a problem playing off my notes whenever... I <laughs> I'm the only one that has brought... You just had to dodge a tail in your face. <laughs> so much butthole. For the listeners. Ugh. So much butthole. Let's not start the podcast with butthole. <laughs> if we can avoid it. Well, it's already happened. So, um, of course, Dr. Sleep, the sequel to The Shining. Yes. Came out in book form probably about five years ago at this point, which is crazy. Really? Only five years? Not that long ago, yeah. And then, uh, let's see. The movie was released, let's say, October-ish? That sounds about right. We talked about it a little bit. We touched on it, right? Um, I think because we were meeting up for Castle Rock and, and it kind of failed, and we discussed that a little bit. Yeah, well, and we had also seen Pet Cemetery. That's right. So, um, and it had come out. When did it come out? It chapter two. I over the summer, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, that also failed. Well, not really, but it didn't do as good as the first one did. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about those. No. We're going to talk about this movie. Yeah. Directed by Mike Flanagan, who is recently famous for directing Gerald's Game, which I don't know if you saw that on Netflix or not. The lady who gets handcuffed to a bed. No, I haven't seen that. I want to see that. Definitely going to need to see that soon. Because that's with the guy that dies in bed with her. Uh, yeah, so it starts with her that's, husband that's dying the in the room with her. Yeah. And uh, she's handcuffed and there's nobody around. Yeah. So. Like they were getting kinky. Yes. <laughs> and uh, very crazy things start happening, uh, which... Uh, we can't spoil here because we're going to talk about another movie. But uh, he directed that. He also directed The Haunting of Hill House, which was far more popular than the TV show. Yeah. (gasps) Fucking love that. Uh, I liked it a lot. I didn't absolutely love it. Um, I felt like the ending didn't really do it for me. Really? I think it... uh, I watched it several times just because after I watched it the first time, I realized there were so many Easter eggs. Sure, yeah. You go back through and there's like things that connect. Yeah. Of course, if you've seen the ending, you know. The articles that I read, they're talking about how like once you start seeing the ghost, there's a ghost in every scene just like there. Yeah. And I'm like, is there really? (laughs) Yeah. Bent neck lady. So then I, I went back and I was like, well, shit, she is. They are. 
Uh, Uncle Steve told Mike that uh, when he asked whether he should do this movie, he or if he could do this movie in the way that he wanted, he Steve basically said, "I win either way." Right. Um, if the movie's great, awesome. If the movie sucks, everyone says the book was better. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a great way to look at yeah, it. Yeah, no, and he's um, you know. He's pretty well known for being open, at least, to his stuff being made in the movies. Right. And I I was thinking about that while I was watching this, that, man, they really try so hard to make these Stephen King books come to life. And it's like they either nail it or they don't. But everybody still wants to try. Like, nobody, like, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where people stop trying. Right. Because the books are so amazing that it's like, well, I want to try to capture that. Yeah. And also with... and. Dr. Sleep specifically, like, he wanted to bring Kubrick's world to it as well. Right. So there's an interesting kind of melding of the two. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that Steve really likes about this movie that pertain to the old Shining. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll get to those when we get to them. But uh, so he needed Steve's blessing to bring back the Kubrick stuff as well as the Kubrick family. Uh, everybody is pretty on board as long as certain things were addressed, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then, let's see, he also, before we get into this, he used Kubrick's blueprints for the hotel scenes. So, a lot of those are exact. I mean, that makes sense after seeing it. Up until a certain point, like, you know, I don't think everything uh, was in storage right. as far as, like, props um, costumes, that sort of thing. Yeah, they talk a little bit about that in the boner features. Mm. So uh, I don't know if you got. Did you get to watch those? I didn't get to watch okay. those. No. I think I mentioned a couple of things in here that are on them. So we'll get to that. Uh, so let's start the movie. Uh, we get a sort of immediate feel of Kubrick with the big aerial shot and slow moving down towards a family camper. And the music in the movie. Oh. Music is great. It brought back so many happy feels to the original. Yeah, there's like, there's a lot of nods, of course, to yeah. Kubrick. Well, that, that, duh, like, yeah. I'm not going to recreate the sound, but yeah, yeah. the it's very heavy. Um, I can't remember if it's like, dun, 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 yeah, dun, yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's exactly like that. All right, well, I nailed it. Gold star. <laughs> uh, so Rose of the Hat. This is kind of her introduction, right? Yeah. Um. She's charming and dangerous. Yeah, she lured a little girl. Very attractive female, I will say. So, has she been in other things? Yes, she looks familiar, but. I I looked up her IMDb and I hadn't seen any of them. See, that's what I thought yeah. too. Like I was, I just, she's just got a very familiar face. She's a very well known actress at this point, but yeah. uh, you know, and you know, in the past few years has been in a lot of stuff, but I didn't write them down. So, um, Rosa Hat basically lures this girl in by charming her, mm-hmm. and the girl is trapped before you know. Yeah, they we know it. She's surrounded she's by surrounded, other people. Yeah. And we don't know who these people are yet, but um she says to the little girl, the special ones taste best. Yeah. And then as the camera pulls away click quickly, 
the group of strange individuals surround her and um you know we don't know what they're doing to oh, her they're but like they touching re- her yeah they like grab her really quickly and we yeah. don't see what happens uh let's see director's cut we see the little girl violet's mom yelling for her and um the caravan leaving but we do not see that in the theatrical so I m- went to great lengths to write down when there is added stuff going See, on. See, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you <laughs> for joining me. Uh, okay, so there's also these uh, chapter cards that come up in the director's cut that mm-hmm. are not in the theatrical as well. So See, we get the first is, one of those right here. This is the funny thing. So I own the director's cut. Mm-hmm. But because I was having issues and then other issues, I watched the digital version, which is not the director's cut. Oh, okay. So theatrical is what yeah. you watch. Okay. I actually like that you watched that one instead. Be- and I know you're eventually going to get around to the other one. Yeah. But uh, overall, just going to say theatrical cut is better. See, and that's why I wasn't too bummed that I had watched yeah. that version. Cause... I've heard other people say that I am wrong. And that the theatrical cut is the worst of the two. But uh, we'll get into it why I think that. It felt long as the theatrical, theatrical version. Theatrical felt long. It felt long. I, fe- I feel like it's long enough. Right. Because <laughs> it's already kind of long, like you say. So yeah, it's two and a half hours. Exactly. It doesn't need... Uh, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so we go to the Overlook. There's a title card over uh, the iconic carpet design. Uh, we see Danny, and he goes into room 237. Which I have to say, they did a really good job of casting. Yeah, they close did. Close to the original cast. I am so happy that they didn't do the digital Me too. Uh, recreation I was, of I was kind of afraid of that. And the chick that they got to play, Shelly Long, or mm-hmm. not Shelly Long, who was it? Um, was uh, it Shelly Long? Shelly Duvall. Duvall. Yeah, Shelly Duvall. The lady they got to play. Uh, play her character. I mean, she nailed her. Yeah, she no. nailed it. Like, like mannerisms and exactly. Yeah, she, you can tell make... she she studied Shelley Duvall. Oh yeah, totally. And you know, wanted to get that right. Um. Yeah, I feel like everybody that played uh, another character from the old movie did a pretty good job, at least. You yeah. know what I mean? The I think the distracting one maybe is the Jack Nicholson. Uh, just because, like... At first, I was like, did they digitally age him? And then I was like, oh, it is a different guy. Yeah, like, it's a first, different guy When who... they were only showing him from the side, I... It's pretty convincing. Yeah. But at the same time, like, Jack Nicholson's way of speaking is so iconic. Yeah. And is so entrenched in your memory, you know, that um, it's a little hard to pull yourself out of it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but he nailed see. the look. So... Kubrick version, um, Danny's kind of turns around these corners and stuff, create disorientation uh, and confusion. I felt like I should mention that because like the turns are not really the same as um, like they change throughout yeah. the original. It's kind of crazy like how weird it feels when he's going around because um, if you if you were to map out, well, yeah, it the does, layout, it doesn't make not, an actual right. It doesn't match around. Ever. So, no. uh, I just thought I should at least mention that. It's and like then, the hotel is like going this way and then that way. Right. And then. 
It doesn't make sense. No. Uh, which is completely on purpose. Uh, director's cut. We also get footprints on the shower rug. Uh, after the overlook, Danny goes mute. Uh, he sees ghosts of the overlook around. And then uh, we have Dick Holleran and Danny talking about uh, the, I guess, ghosts that he's seeing, right? Yeah. Um, he tells him to create a box in his mind and trap them. Uh, and the director's got the speeches longer <laughs> with more added things that are unnecessary that mm -hmm. we've, I mean... A lot of this extra added dialogue and stuff is just stuff that you find out soon anyway. Right. So there's no reason for them to over-explain it, which they definitely do. Yeah, they're just trimming the fat. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm super glad they did that for theatrical because, you know, watching the director's cut, you're like, okay. I get it. I understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... I really felt like all of those old characters, they're faithful to what they look at and what we know of them and then the time that they come from as well you know yeah. they went paint to painstaking lengths to make sure all of that stuff was on point so right and i appreciated that for sure absolutely uh we go to a time jump to danny in his 40s it says it's new jersey 2011 uh danny's a severe alcoholic nearly beats a man to death in a bar uh, steals money back from uh, this girl that he's having a one night stand with. Some bitch. Uh, and uh, you know we're wondering like why is Danny being immoral and totally shameful? You know, and uh, you know it's I just figured it was to dead the shades of his dad, yeah. and yes, to dead, dead it all in inside. Right. Um. You know. I mean, if you grow up with a hotel fucking trying to kill you and then having to put them all in, like, boxes. Yeah, but also in the previous scene, like, he did tell them how to fight against it. Yeah. So he's not necessarily following exactly yeah. the path we want him to at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, he could have gone the good route, but you understand it, it's a lot of heavy shit for a child. Right. Uh, Danny also, in that bar fight, says, take your medicine. <sighs> So that's from straight from the book, not from Kubrick. Right. So we have King's influence on this script already, which I like. Uh, movie theater scene, Rose and a partner of hers. Uh, which that, doesn't he say that again at the end? That? The take your medicine? Uh, I think I thought, he does. I thought we heard it again when he's at like the climax of the end. Probably. I'm going to say you watched it more recently than I have. So yeah. I'm going to take your word for I it. I just feel like it, it sounds vaguely familiar, like I heard it again. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. In the director's cut around this part, uh, we see Abra playing on the piano. And uh, she, the parents take her to bed. And then while she's upstairs, she's not going to sleep. She's just playing the piano from her room. Right. Uh, so... Yeah, back to the movie theater scene. Rose and her one of the partners we saw her with earlier are watching a woman use her abilities to mess with the pedophile. And... Which I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that was a great way to uh, <laughs> introduce, first of all, that character. And, and... to use your uh, powers. Right. Mm -hmm. I for, mean... For good. I mean, kind of good. Visually, yeah, any good. She's, she has, she's uh, in a sort of revenge -y way. It's good, right? 
Uh, let's see. So we go to Danny uh, lying in a gutter somewhere. He's getting on a bus. And director's cut. There's a secret uh, card message from Danny that says hello. Kids magic show. She says, uh, I can do that whenever the magician is doing oh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> that was so cute. Uh, these spoons are on the ceiling when the parents go inside and Abra is, uh, doing that. Yeah, she told them she could do that. Yeah. And, uh, while she's doing this, Danny and Rose both feel her, uh, faintly. Yeah. Are using the power. Away, right. Uh, let's see. We have the girl who was in the movie theater in Rose's lair. Um, yeah. Cause she essentially kidnapped her. Yeah, exactly. And then she's basically telling her what the deal is going to be, you know. Eat well, live long. Yeah. She says something about 40 years and, um, right, eat eat well, stay young, live long. Which I feel like she should have had, like, the Vulcan symbol yeah, going on right. while she said that. <laughs> live long and prosper. Um, there's an added line in here about the true knot and uh, Andy's confusion about the entire thing, hmm. which uh, we get all the true knot stuff soon. So why right. over explain? But it is intriguing that we don't know how quite how old she is. You know, she I think she over explains that in the director. Oh, Rose the Hat. Mm-hmm. Well, that one guy, uh, Grandpa mm-hmm. or whoever, Grandpa he was, Flick. Yeah, he had been around for a long, long time. Right. Um, long long time yeah exactly he's the oldest of them of course so it kind of gives you an idea that who knows how long they all could have been around yeah i think later when he's passing or whatever uh when he's fading away yeah. she explains that a lot more you know you lived with romans and that sort of yeah thing. she goes through all the time periods uh danny goes to new hampshire on the first bus he can get he, uh, let's see, there's small versions of the town in the town square, like a, like a little small maze, uh, the, or it's, it's like a replica, like a replica, just like the small maze in the overlook was. Right. Um, in this scene, I'm not really sure if I buy that Billy character just like. I know, he just like in. immediately found a new best friend. I heard somebody on another show explain that like that's because he that guy also has a little bit of the shining. Oh. But he I you know, I he all he really says is I get a feeling about people like yeah. you. That's not really necessarily saying he has the shining. Right. I mean that's a lot of trust and yeah. uh. He says sometimes I get a feeling about people. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if I would necessarily take in just some guy that got off a bus, but whatever. That looks homeless. Yeah. yeah I but, mean, but he he did say that he had been in that same situation. Right. So I guess he feels that, you know, he knows that he can help someone. Yeah. And maybe he smells some alcohol in his breath or something. Yeah. Or maybe he just smells really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, right? He looks like he smells really bad. Uh, Yeah, he does. Greasy hair and stuff. Anyway, uh, let's see. The snake bite Andy ritual. That's the character we were previously talking about, the girl. Yeah. Uh, we get more of what the true knot is. They pull out a canister. It's Violet, the previous uh, girl, girl. we saw. Right. She says she tastes like flowers. That's really creepy. Mm-hmm. 
And also, do you want to be eating something that tastes like flowers? I don't. <laughs> I mean, they smell nice, but... Yeah, are you wanting to eat that? Uh, Danny is haunted by more ghosts. Then he goes to an AA meeting. Uh, well, see. don't don't gloss over the fact that um, his new best friend got him a place to stay. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And within that place to stay, there was a homemade chalkboard on the wall. Chalkboard, and uh, that comes back later. Right. Pretty, actually, really soon. Um, which, like, th- that shows you, like, it's like, why does he... He, why does she already, in the director's cut, why does she already have a card that says hello from mm-hmm. him? Why like, It's it's a little too jumpy aroundy, right? Yeah. So they took that out. Uh, let's see. Where did I leave off here? He's at the AA meeting. Mm-hmm. Yep, there it is. <laughs> reminds, uh, AA meeting reminds the doctor about his watch. He calls him Doc. Um... This next scene is really similar looking to Jack and the hotel manager from The Shining where Danny is talking to this doctor. Uh, A lot of really similar shots going on and just feeling between them. They're feeling each other out. Right. Uh, Danny's like in a really dark place mentally, though. And uh, you can you just get more of that feeling as he is. But it seems like it seems like he wants help. Like right. he's he's reaching out for help. He wants hence he wants him to going change. to the AA meeting and you know right. being taken in by Billy and everything. Uh, this doctor offers him a hospice job. This actor who uh, plays this doctor is Bruce Greenwood. He's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, you, he's a really familiar face. I yeah. I kind of wish I, he's a, it would be in this more. He's one of those people that you know his face, but you never know his name. Right. Uh, in the book, he has a much bigger part. He helps Danny and uh, Billy take on the true knot. He goes with Danny to Aber's parents' house. Oh. Uh, and he's with Danny at the shootout in the woods. See, I would have thought, yeah, that makes sense because... He kind of gives himself away when mm. he says, well, this is where your watch is. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, he just chalks it up to... But the, uh, also, this doctor doesn't know about The Shining, so... Yeah. You know. But, I mean, it makes sense in the book that it would go that way. Mm-hmm. There's a, Yeah, there's a few differences and changes, but yeah. on the whole, they do a pretty good job of adapting it um, while combining it with uh, the Kubrick stuff. Right. Uh, Andy asks after the ritual, am I still human? Rose says, do you care? Uh, this is where we get a director's cut Abra and mom bedtime scene where she asks, um, if, uh, her mom is scared of her. We get that later. So, Mm -hmm. uh, there's no reason to have it really, really cute cat. Uh, at the hospice is a harbinger of death. Oh my god, that face! Yeah. Oh, that little I face! I loved it. <laughs> uh, the dying man calls Danny Doc several times. Danny helps him move on. Uh, his dying spirit escapes out of his mouth, and uh, we kind of saw that earlier, where they were, where the true knot was drinking or, yeah. or breathing in the canister. So yeah, they drink in your essence. Message on chalkboard. Hello. 
he messages back hi uh let's see we get uh some overlook shots really liked that stuff that's a is that the first time i think that's the first time we see the overlook in the movie i believe so and i'm not sure if that's director's cut or not uh time jump eight years later back to aa again danny gives a speech about his dad Loves the slow camera push uh, to a close-up with tears in his eyes. I underlined, great actor. <laughs> He's, uh, you know, they could have gone a lot of different ways with the Danny. Like, they could have picked a bunch of different actors to play that role. And I feel right. like he really fit for what they were going for. I agree. I like him. Uh, like him a lot. He's been in a lot of really different, interesting roles lately. Chief among them, top of mind, is the uh, Harley Quinn movie. Oh, yeah. He's like the bad guy. Yeah, he the... plays the villain, and um, it's a really interesting way of playing him. I actually really liked that movie. You saw it? You liked it? Mm -hmm. I was wondering about that. Um, It got panned, and nobody went to see it. Yeah, so. I don't really understand why. I don't either. I it's, mean, I didn't go see it, but yeah. I, that's just because I, I was planning on watching it at home anyway. Right. But maybe that's what everybody else is doing. Yeah, exactly. Too. <laughs> They're like, I'll just watch it when it comes out. I did not see the. Uh, we're getting off track already, but I I didn't see the uh, Suicide Squad movie, so I just went oh. to see this without seeing that one. It was fine. Yeah. No problems. Suicide Squad's not that great. Yeah. There's a hundred percent less Joker in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's better. Uh, let's see. The cat and Danny are a team. He helps a guy die again. And that's pretty much all I got to say about that. That cat is so cute. Yeah, for so sure. So does that mean that that cat has like the shining? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. And that cat's been around for a while. So yeah. And also I think King wrote that in because he heard he's, he's seen stories in the news about cats things sensing like that. that. Yeah. I was just wondering if that cat's special and it doesn't die or it doesn't age that much. Or Well, it's got nine lives. This is true. <laughs> this and is true. if it's a full-time inside cat, you might as well go ahead and double those because they're not going to die for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> they're sheltered. <laughs> Very sheltered. Very sheltered. You're not going outside, so you're going to live a long time. Oh, he met a doggy. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was he angry? Well... Uh, he became a full Halloween kitty and like was up on this table yeah. like just oh all... okay, but he didn't hiss, he didn't growl, he just uh, was kept his distance. It yeah. was like I will be as high as possible. Yeah, Nicola and Kinsley were just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm sure they've seen dogs before. They lived with the dog for like a year. Oh yeah, that's right. More messages on the wall. Uh, um, between him and Abra. Yeah, they're just being friendly, mm -hmm. right? They're like little pen pals. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Not cuter than the cat, though. No. Let's be clear about that. The oldest not member, Grandpa Fleck or Flick or whatever, uh, looks really sick. Is There's... that Lurch? Uh, no, it is not. But he was in uh, Gerald's Game. He was in, uh, let's see, what was the other thing I was just thinking about? Oh, Twin Peaks. He was in the, the third season of Twin Peaks. He's not the guy that played Lurch? I don't think so. Oh, you know what? In the Adams Family movie, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 
let's see. So there's concerns over there being like a less steamy world, which basically means less shining or people that have the shining are in this world. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they're eating them all. Right. Well, also, <laughs> like, they're becoming harder to find and Because of all the medications. Right. And they're having a harder time tracking down people. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rose is looking for a whale, which means somebody who has more steam than anybody else has ever. Right. The prize. Uh we see uh, this Brad kid that they are tracking on a baseball field. Um, one of them is watching him from the stands, right? So they have tracked him down. Eavesdropping a conversation yeah. between parents talking about how this kid never misses. Right. It's like he knows. So they're in Iowa and uh, watching this kid, right? Mm-hmm. We see him walking home, and we're like, no, <laughs> please, no. This kid just looks like a sweet kid, yeah, right? number 19. Oh, that first Dark Tower, dark, first dark tower reference, the number 19 is all over the place in those books. Mm. Uh, also, I think the bus that Danny got on is made by the Tech Corporation. That's also... In the books, and uh, the train that's like in the little kid's train or whatever that we see in a little yeah. bit. Uh, it looks like Blaine the Train from one of the books. Oh, so, okay. lots of Dark Tower stuff going on. I like that. Uh, maybe the toughest scene in the flick coming up. You know, well, well, first of all, they easily kidnap him because the uh, snake by Andy uses her ability. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I do want to come with you guys." <laughs> uh, no, you shouldn't get in that creep van. Nope. Um, as the kid, they, okay, so they bring the kid to this like abandoned factory sort of place. Yeah. Um, surround him with the trailers. Tie him down in the middle of this kind of clear area. And, uh, you know, they slowly steal his steam while carving him up. Yep. They they kind of brilliantly shoot this, by the way. Like, so you don't really see him getting cut, but you yeah. see everything else. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're stabbing him because they want that fear and pain. Right. He even asked them, are you going to hurt me? And she's like, yes. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, but that wasn't the worst scene in the movie. The worst scene in the movie was the scene that I forgot you told me about. Uh, with... Oh, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did tell you. I did warn you about you that. You did, and then I forgot. Well, you know, whose fault's that? <laughs> Yours. You didn't warn me enough. <laughs> um, so the knot breathes in is pure steam, and Abra sees it happen from far away. Yeah, she's um, screaming at home in her right. bed. So then Rose feels her from far away while she's very upset. She, uh, Abra then breaks murder into Danny's wall, and Danny sees it in the mirror as Red Rum. Yeah, that's Yay. not what you want to see. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so they are instantly on to Abra. Um... Let's see. Oh, and then there's an extended little part of uh, Rose saying, damn, I thought I had him for a few more minutes when uh, the kid dies. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. So then we get some really Kubrickish camera movement from 
the chalkboard to the bedroom door back to the chalkboard. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Where the camera's stationary and you just swing with it. Right. Which is cool. I like that. I like that, too. Gives you a a cool perspective of his room. (laughs) Exactly. Uh... Get some Abra mind reading. She finds the missing boy uh, online by um, using her ability, right? And the internet. Right, to trace where the boy was. Excuse me. Um, Let's see. So, I believe that uh, Lemurk Industries is also a Dark Tower... Uh, reference they create metal robots mm. in Dark Tower. You wouldn't have known that unless I told you, probably. <laughs> in, That's what I said. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. Cool. Uh, in Rose's head at the grocery store, uh, Rose thinks she feels something, so she like turns around. Yeah, feels like she's being followed. Right, and it's as I said, Abra's in her head. Uh, Abra then knocks her on her ass yeah, when uh, when Rose kind of like, says touches like touches her. Oh, she goes. She she says like, "Oh, hi there!" All the time. Yeah. Uh, she actually says it like a, maybe a few too many times. I think <laughs> that's like her only phrase, uh, like catchphrase or whatever. Oh, hi there. Yeah, and it's it's in that creep way too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Danny, uh, also is knocked down and says, please help me, Tony, while he's out, uh, as at least according to his fellow AA members. Yeah. Um, Rose wants Abra immediately. Um. She wants that good stuff. Exactly. But, um, I think. Which seems kind of greedy. They just had a kid. Right. But. This is the white whale she's been looking for. True. So, um, sh- but you you get the feeling from when she's talking to, uh, damn it, I keep remember for or forgetting what that dude's name is. Oh yeah, her like right hand man. Yeah. Guy. Um, well, anyway, her right hand yeah. man guy. Yeah. <laughs> you get the feeling in that conversation they have that she's feel fearful of her power. Right. Uh, but she st- still wants to find her immediately, regardless of what it takes. Yeah. There's more extra dialogue here in the uh, director's cut. Abra takes a bus to Danny. Uh, yeah, Billy, she skips school. Right. Um... Billy sees them together and is like, what the fuck's that about? Well, yeah. Uh, they have a bench chat. Abra wants to find where the not buried the kid in Iowa. Danny is kind of a coward about the whole thing. Well, yeah, because he's like, uh, this looks bad. Yeah. Well, he's been running from stuff like this forever. He's like, anything bad, he doesn't want it in his life, right? He puts right. it in a box and is like, stay away. This is a little different than his ghost, though. Yeah. These are people that are stealing souls, for lack of a better yeah, way of real. describing it. Uh, deleted scene with uh, mom and Danny. Not really much happens in it. Uh, at the hospice again, Dick Hollering comes back. He says that uh, Kai is a wheel, which is from Dark Tower, and he makes Danny see that he must help. Right. This and is he- also uh, extended. 
But uh, we get another deleted scene where Crow finds an earthquake earthquake article, which is basically where Abra was. Oh, Crow. Uh, that's his name, right? Crow, yeah. yeah. So I, I guess I did find it out <laughs> <laughs> eventually. But, but yeah, um, that, that's also, he's... Um... He tells he tells Danny that's the last time he's gonna see him too. Right, like he's done. Yeah, so I guess we should have maybe explained that he's a ghost in this. Right. So we're following the Kubrick version. He is actually dead. Dead. Right. In the book, he was not dead. He wasn't killed. Right. And I I was wondering how they were going to address that, and we right. find that out pretty quickly. But yeah, yeah, I was I was curious about that because I. So this article, this earthquake article that leads Rose to Abra, uh, it it basically just explains the next scene. You don't even really need it because they know where they, I mean, she's so powerful that they will be able to find her. I know. I was for half a second wondering how they knew so quickly. So that explains it. But I didn't need it. Yeah, exactly. So um, Abra's mom is leaving town, asks if the... uh, Grandma will die. Right. Uh, then Rose uses astral projection to fly <sighs> mentally. And uh, are you frustrated by the cat right now? Is that no, no. This is where we're getting to the scene. Oh, I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes. She flies using astral projection to search for Abra while Abra is sleeping, or so we think. Mm-hmm. Um, she enters her room with a really cool camera shot that like goes up sideways. Yeah. I think he used a similar thing in the Haunting of Hill House as well. Um, as I, I think I remember something like that where like the, it tilts. Yeah. You know? Well, and he does it several times in this movie, Mm -hmm. like towards the chalkboard and yeah, I thought that was cool. Anyway, thought it was cool. It's very cool. Um, she enters her room. Um, mocks her and gets careless. Uh-huh. Searching through the file cabinets of her mind very casually and mocking her while she's doing so. Um, she is caught by Abra when the file cabinet slams, slams on her, her hand. hand. Uh-huh. That's enough. But um, she... She's trying to escape. She's trying to escape. She, pulls, she de-gloves her hand by... Uh-huh. Pulling it out, very similar to the handcuff thing that he did in Jail's like Game. I don't like it. I don't like it either, but it's an awesome-looking practical effect. Oh, I didn't watch it. I turned my phone the other way. You didn't? Yeah, I didn't. Oh, I was like, man. I'm not watching this bullshit. Well, as soon as, as soon as her hand got trapped and I saw her start tugging, I was like, nope. Yeah. Turn away. And then I just listened to when I thought it should be over with. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, it's safe to watch. Again. So as she's pulling, she pulls her hand out. It's really mm, nasty it's looking. ripping the skin off. Right. She, uh, there's a sticky floor, which is interesting too, that like she's able to control the entire environment of the room. Yeah. You know, it's like in her mind, I guess. She's having trouble pulling her feet off the floor to even get out of the room. She's just like dripping blood. And then she's flung out of the room violently uh, back to her body, and she f- literally flips end over end, vi- yeah. super violently. Flies off the top of the RV. Right, yeah. She like slams back into her body and on off onto the ground. She's screaming because in real life her hand it's is fucked. completely mangled. Right? Yeah, I didn't like that either. I like it because I'm like stop showing us the hand. <laughs> I like it because like there's this very real connection between 
you know, it's not like she wasn't there. Yeah. You know, like she, her physical self was able to be there enough to be damaged. Right. right? So when they're warging into each other's minds or whatever, they are at risk. Right. So I like that. Um, yeah, they're see. not safe just because they're not physically, physically. Right. There. Uh, Abra then talks to Danny. Danny gets Billy to go to Iowa with him, uh, based purely on explaining <laughs> what is going on. But now at least they have eight years of friendship behind this. So yeah, it's, that's true. It's better I, than you know like, walking actually, up on the situation and being like, "Hey, now yeah. let's do this." I didn't even really think about that. That it, they look like they haven't aged really. You well, know what I mean? Besides Abra. Danny looks better. He's all clean. That's true. But uh, as far as like the movie jumping eight years, it's not enough for them to look like, you know, they're crazy older. Besides Grandpa getting, you know, right. to death level. Yeah. Uh, Skeletal so level. So they need the baseball glove to really track down exactly where the body is yeah, she needs to touch something or, or to uh to track down where they are yeah because the other guy touched it right yeah so he touched it so they go to dig up the body which also is pretty messed up yeah <laughs> um grandpa flick is dying it's pretty terrifying death it apparently is. and then they all feast on him so it's not all bad yeah. For them, anyway. For us, yeah. it's like, geez, this is pretty crazy. You liked him, you think? Did yeah. you? <laughs> I mean, he can't taste very good, right? Oh, yeah. I wonder what yeah. he tastes like. Old man. Dirt. <laughs> Old man smell. Ooh. Yeah. Because if, you know, if the girl tastes like flowers. And Danny tasted like whiskey. Yeah. I don't even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe like uh, what? Do you, what's that powdery stuff you put on dry skin? Talcum powder. <laughs> Talcum powder. That's what he. <laughs> that's what he tastes like. Gross. <laughs> I've never tasted talcum powder, but I imagine that's what he tastes like. <sighs> and when he when he leaves, it's a it's powder. Yeah. It's so poof. it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. They should have called us when they were figuring this out. It was pretty. It was pretty gnarly. The when he was dying and when he he's was fading out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was his face, like skeletal face, yeah. his face, demon face. I his thought face. as far as like digital effects in the movie, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And he looked, that guy looks creepy anyway, you know? Right. And that's, that's yeah. So yeah. that's why I'm like, he's lurch, right? Like I know at this point when he's dying, like they have done some digital effects to his face and stuff, but he's got just great bone structure. Yeah. For, there are so many birds in my backyard. Oh, my God. Is it you, The Shining? You see them, Venom? <laughs> Get them. Get them. Uh, okay, anyway. Abra uh, bothers Danny a bit while Billy and Danny are on the, ro on the road. Yeah, she just pops in the car. Yeah. Sees uh, the typewriter overlook and boxes in Danny's mind. She's like, what's the deal with that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very um, rudely entered his mind by showing him how easy it was. Right. Uh, we get a scene with Rose and Crow Daddy. Uh, he convinces her to stay back while the caravan goes to kidnap Abra. Right, because she's been in her brain, so right. she can't. She's been compromised. Um, they have a plan to dupe 
the uh, the true not people. Yeah, well, they have to get the dad involved. So yeah, so but and he takes it well. First, they they still haven't gotten to the body yet, though. Um, Billy still isn't sure if Dan is crazy. They uh, dig up the kid. They get the glove. Billy is now convinced of everything because the kid was there. Mm-hmm. How else would he know? He's magic. Or he's the murderer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they address that or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, man, this only proves one thing. You either did it yeah. or... <laughs> and surely Abra's dad thinks that he's the murderer until she gets in his brain and is like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is actually what happened. Uh, Danny and Billy go to Abra's. Her dad is not convinced until Abra shows him in his mind, as I just said. Uh, in the director's cut, there's, let's see, not, okay, so not in the director's cut, there's flashbacks of what we saw, terrifying child murder by the knot. Yeah. Um, so I think that they do this a different way. In the director's cut? In the director's cut, right. Uh, like, they just, she just, like, touches him, and he's, like, horrified, Mm -hmm. and then, um... You know, but I I really feel like in the theatrical version where she actually they actually like go into what he's seeing and it's like you know the true not doing their terrible things to that kid yeah it's like this is exactly what happened okay now mm-hmm. we can move on now we can move on instead of over explaining right. to the dad you know all of this stuff yeah uh, which Sh- is exactly what they do, which <laughs> yeah, is exactly on. what they do they over explain it's like okay. Don't really need this. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny's plan is to lure them into a trap using Abra's bait uh, in the creepy forest. We get a quick shot of Rose saying, uh, go get her to the caravan, right? Right. And then uh, there's a classic sort of fade out, fade in, like in the original Shining, where we're moving to the uh, creepy campground sort mm-hmm. of area that they're so familiar with, apparently. In New Hampshire. Right. The knot arrives. They fan out very systematically like they've done this a million times. Yeah. Um, the fat slob guy has a gun, and we soon find out they all do. Uh, Andy has a needle hidden behind her back to inject Abra, who's sitting on a bench. Right. Fake out. Danny and Billy start shooting all of them. Uh, all of the knot have handguns. Uh, Danny and Billy kill all but Crow and uh, Andy. She runs to hide in the camper. Now, why? Why does shooting them hurt so bad? Because I felt like it really incapacitated them just being shot in the arm. Well, she gets shot in the arm and then runs in the camper. So she's not. Yeah. They but the rest of them get shot like in the chest or the head, right? Um, I just feel like sometimes chest wounds aren't fatal. Well, you know, just got to suspend disbelief a little bit yeah. too. Like when there's a shootout in a movie, I just felt like the bullets were like extra hardcore against them somehow. Sure, but we have a lot of movie left. Yeah, <laughs> so we gotta like, <laughs> we gotta get the point across. Okay, let's get the rest of these guys out of the way. We keep a couple. Yeah. Uh, you know, Andy is the only They were the just only easily one. killed. Right. <laughs> so, Andy runs the camper. She confronts Danny. She tells Danny, go to sleep. 
Uh, he's able to resist a little bit. Yeah, right? Abra helps him. Billy uh, saves, let's see, Danny from getting killed by her. Mm-hmm. But as she's dying, she tells Danny or she tells Billy to kill himself. No, and you're like, no. oh, fuck, I forgot she can do that. Yeah. As soon as that happened, I went, no. No. Because no. we actually like Billy. He's yeah. pretty cool. Um, He's so nice. You know, that's the thing. About... That was like the only person that Danny had. Exactly. That's the thing. That's the dramatic thing about this is they, it, it, you know, it reminds me a lot of when they killed. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to spoil that for oh, Walking okay. Dead people. <laughs> when they killed a certain character uh-huh. that everybody loved, the d- most dramatic thing you could possibly do is to take that fucking one person that you love so much and then what rip them away. Are you talking about with the talking about with the thing and the, the thing. thing and the, and yeah. the, and the thing and the thing? <laughs> really specific. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So anyway, Abra is like, I didn't see the crow. Where's the crow? Well, the crow is in the house with you. There he is. Danny's been outsmarted. The crow goes to Abra's house while the rest of the crew was at the creepy forest area. Um, the crow killed the dad. Which was unnecessary. I did not like when they zoomed in and I saw him laying on the floor. I was like, well, maybe he's okay. Oh, wait, there's a knife in his back. Yeah. So in the book, parents are not killed. Mm. So you're right. Not necessary. Uh, Crow kidnaps Abra. Director's cut. The dad confronts Crow outside. Um, Oh, and then you see him get killed. And then, yeah, and then sort of backs him into the house and... Um, you know, he, he makes a valiant stand against the crow, but yeah. it's kind of unnecessary. So the only reason why I see that killing the father was necessary mm-hmm. was for the dialogue that we see later right. in the van when he's talking about like, yeah, he uses his ammo both sides died. Yeah. yeah and that, that's the only reason why they did it is for to have that dialogue. It's. You know, it's really dramatic for more for a bunch of people on both sides to die. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, we get Abra and Crow in the van. She's really drugged up. He lectures her and his evil is finally showing. Yeah. And he he blames this all on her. Because like before this, you just see a lot of. Well, actually, no, there's the whole them killing the kid thing. Yeah. He doesn't actually stab the kid, though. Like, it's. I feel like of all of those characters, he he's like the, the most interesting and mm-hmm. like he buddies up with Rose. Yeah. So I get, yeah, he is really evil, but at the same time, like he has a cool part in this movie. So I actually kind of like that character a little bit. I don't like him, but it was a real dick move of him yeah. to be like, this is all your fault. Had you just not, had you just let us kill you to right. begin with yeah. and not been <laughs> and so self-centered. Years, right? Yeah. And been so self-centered. Your father would not be dead right now. Yes. Yeah, How so, dare you? As I said, his evil is showing he's pure evil at this point. Like, that's not justifiable. That's not how you turn that. Definitely not. Um, Danny is at home gripping a bottle again. Uh, he throws it down, calms himself down a little bit, finds Abra. Uh, yeah, is able to reach out to her. In the we, and again, we get the cool tilting effect thing. Mm-hmm. Danny wargs into Abra. Really great mood change and acting by the uh, the girl Kylie. Oh Curran. yeah, for sure. This is her scene. 
Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, this is her the coolest scene of her in the movie, I feel like. Yeah, because she's being a total badass. Yeah. The, so, um, she, like, her, the... The look in her eyes, like I think I feel like her eye color changes too when Danny's in her. Yeah. Um, but it's like they're clear or yeah. something. She has a look on her face that's completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like she like nailed this. 100%. Yeah, it's it's almost like a, a cocky. Right. I know something you don't know. Yeah, and yeah. she's teasing him. Uh-huh. You know. Um, or actually, I guess it's Danny. But I imagine when they made that when they did that scene, he probably acted it out for her mm-hmm. like this is how i would do it i can't i haven't read this book in a long time but i feel like that has to be in the book yeah uh because it's so well written maybe it isn't though i don't i don't really remember but uh as you said yeah crow is uh is not really aware of something that's very important <laughs> <laughs> and that's wearing a seatbelt. yeah uh danny uses his ability to swerve the van into a tree and crow flies through the windshield and pretty pretty quickly dies yeah a very gruesome death yeah his skin's like missing from his face and stuff it, I, again those death scenes look really cool and they yeah. kind of nailed that gnarly it never really gets old like because we see we saw a bunch of those characters die just yeah. now and they, it all looked pretty cool. Yep. Uh, Rose gets really mad. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. She. Because uh, well, she's feeling every death that happens. Right. So she takes the rest of the steam they got. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. Yeah, she hulks out. Uh, well, actually, it's not like a ton. But whatever is left in the camper, she takes all. It heals her hand. Right, sure. exactly. So there you go. Um, yeah, it heals her boo-boo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny catches up with Abra. They take a car ride toward the Overlook because, uh, Danny says it's dangerous for people like us. So it's got to be more dangerous for people like her. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get the creepy heartbeat that is iconic in the Kubrick film. Uh, and again, the music, oh, it's so good. Music's great. They, I, you know, they kind of just nailed it as far as like the soundscape of the movie the and that feeling sort of thing. and yeah. tone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So more homage to Kubrick. Big landscape shots leading up the mountain, like the helicopter shots in the beginning of The Shining. Right. Um, in the book, they go to the True Knots campsite. So it's where mm. they are stationed out of, which happens to be the former site of the Overlook. Oh. Because in the book, it burned down. Right. So uh, because we're combining different versions and because it actually works a lot better visually to have the have Overlook, overlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why they went that way with it. And people want to see it. You want to see it. It's it's a character right? at yeah. this point. The hotel is an actual character. And even if they went with like the version where it's not there, I feel like you gotta like have it in somebody's mind or right. something. Right. I was gonna say, even if they had made it burned down, like as soon as you get to that property, your your mind is playing tricks on you and you yeah. feel like you're in the hotel again. And honestly, like th- I feel like this is a very missed kind of and I'm talking about the movie version sort of situation where the 
version that happens is maybe better than the version in than in the book because right. in the book you're just fighting on a campsite. Yeah. You know what I mean? That visually that's just not as interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, I wonder if if he's asked that question if he will admit the same thing. Uh <laughs> There's definitely some kind like there is a 5 minute thing where King is actually co-interviewed with uh the, the director. director, yeah. So you'll get to watch that. Yeah. But uh, that's actually rare for King to do. He doesn't really get involved in being in the uh, boner features. Right. But like in The Mist he was, and that's where he yeah. admits that right. he liked their ending better. Yeah, and he said that in interviews as well. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. Danny goes in. He says he has to wake up. The uh, the overlook, right? Mm-hmm. And goes to the boiler room. Yeah. So while we're here, just want to say, like, recreating the set decades decades later is like a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. They went back to his original blueprints, as I said earlier. They went so far to. I mean, they nailed it. the colors. Yeah. Uh, reminded me how they recreated the Millennium Falcon, like in yeah. physical form. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, just love that. Uh, Danny walking through the living quarters, uh, like you said, going to the boiler room, which is somewhere that we never saw before in the Kubrick version. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Wendy huddled in the bathroom. Which they totally nailed the look of that. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Like they did such a good job, and those actors did amazing. You got to think like they had Kubrick's plans for even where the camera was sitting to look at all of that stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like get to get it exactly the right, right. angle. Mm-hmm. So we see the gold room as well, and actually, as he's walking through this, it the overlook's becoming less dilapidated and more vibrant. Right, and like like it's brand new, which. Is something that the director did in The Haunting on Hill House. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that totally makes sense. Yeah, he, he made that dilapidated house come back to life in that one, too. Uh, So this is where we get Jack Torrance as the bartender. Right. Um, The story of the uh, of flies on Danny's mom. He, yeah, that'd be so terrible. So Danny's talking back and forth with... This ghost, right? Who keeps saying you have me mistaken for someone else because he doesn't remember that he was his dad. Right. So the flies on his mom as well is like a death harbinger like the cat was. That would be terrible. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Um, Like I was was kind of visualizing that and I'm like, that would be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Because you want to be there for that person. Yeah. And what's cool is they don't show that. Right. They just they they planted it in your head. Yeah, and they you know planted I mean? it well because yeah. I can visualize it now and it's kind of freaky. Yeah, and then and you you know you think about your relatives that have passed. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that's I feel like really good movies and really good stories make you think about your life. Right. You know what I mean? And like how this relates to you. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's self-reflection. And um, shitty movies, you are never really pulled out. Of, you're just looking at it on a screen, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not affecting you emotionally at all. So, um, 
anyway, I thought they did a really good job, and yeah. I'm not sure if that's in the book either. I actually, I wish now that I would have re- reread it, re-read it yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, deleted scene. Uh, let's see. They go to the bathroom, uh, from the Kubrick movie where it's like red and white and it's, um, you know, it's visually interesting, but it's kind of unnecessary. They just, right. you know, they just clean up, uh, Jack Jack is uh cleaning up Danny like the uh former caretaker is cleaning him up in the movie. Right. Uh yeah, so you know, there's more hotel influence on the director. But uh yeah. And and so- we and we realize that <clears throat> Danny all these years has put all of the other ghosts into boxes. Right. But not his dad. Right. And you know, I guess his dad is there. You know what I mean. Yeah. He's not, uh, he's not following him around. You right. know what I mean. He's stuck at the hotel. So, um, as uh, Danny's doing this, Abra's in the car waiting outside, and he, Danny, earlier tells her, "Hey, when Rose comes, let me know, and mm-hmm. I will, uh, you come and join me, right, right. inside." So. Uh, Abra joins Danny inside the Overlook when they see Rose coming. Abra says, this place feels sick. <laughs> Understatement. And not, in, not in a good way. <laughs> um, Rose arrives, big shot of the boarded up Overlook with all the rooms lit up. It's really cool looking. Because mm-hmm. get... it's dilapidated on the outside. Yeah. But when you go inside, the house is like, ooh, we're ready. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> We get the really dissonant soundtrack. Rose watches the blood pour from the elevators and smiles. Uh, Danny. Uh, oh, okay. So they are standing in the kind of main. Um, in the Jack's old writing room. Yeah. I can't remember what they call that area, but it has a specific name. But anyway, yeah, yeah. that's where his writing room was. That's where you can kind of go upstairs. Those yeah, stairs. those grand stairs. There's an iconic scene where in The Shining where Wendy has the baseball bat and she's backing up. Uh, wow. Backing up the stairs, yeah. Right. Well, Jack's um, coming after her. Which we'll get more of that in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so... Danny says, you don't know where you're standing. (laughs) And uh, she gets instantly warped into the maze. Yeah. Which I thought that was cool as well. They recreated the maze. Yeah, the outside maze. Rose thinks they're in Abra's mind uh, because Abra is running back and forth, slashing her with a knife. Taunting her. Yep. Uh, Danny nearly traps her in a box, which I thought that was a really cool it was. thing. Like, so just close. Creeping up yeah. on her from behind, <laughs> open, just waiting to trap her in. Yeah. Um, of course, not that simple. Nope. Um, Rose is uh, talking shit as she walks up the stairs. Very uh, good homage to the classic Give Me the Bat scene. Yeah. As we were just saying. Uh Rose gets the best of Danny after uh, his cool axe swing shot, like in The Shining, where yeah. it moves back to watch the backswing and then quickly moves forward. Uh, yeah, he gets her like right in the shoulder. 
Right. Um, she, let's see. She gets carried away, uh, breathing his dirty steam. Yeah. There's also well, a shot Well, she cuts where, him in, like, the femoral artery. Right. So he's bleeding out. Yeah, and he she knocks him down the stairs, which, by the way, that guy really did jump backwards down those stairs. Not the actor, but the stunt guy. The stunt guy. He deserves some kudos big time <laughs> because that that is a big flight of stairs to yeah. jump down and roll down, you know. Um, kind of crazy. Yeah. But uh, Even if there's a little padding at the bottom, yeah. that's still not going to protect you. Yeah. But there was padding at the bottom, but he, like, actually nails the stairs. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, anyway. Um, there's more flashbacks in Danny's memories. The boxes are really angry. And Rose must know what is inside these boxes. She's yeah, very she's, curious. She's rifling through his brain. <laughs> um, which, you know, she's doing that to frighten him. Mm-hmm. But it turns out it's going to backfire big time. Because <laughs> uh, Danny is like, uh, I'll show you what's in them or something like that. And the ghosts escape and consume her, um, you know, in re- in the real world or whatever. In yeah. the... Uh, I don't know, physical realm, the ghosts escape and they come out and they, uh, maybe the coolest scene of somebody dying in the movie, they like push their hands underneath her face and stuff. It looks gnarly. Yeah. Looks really, really good. Unpleasant. It looks like it was unpleasant. (laughs) Well, it looks bad, but it, (laughs) it looks awesome is what I'm trying to say. Um, like if that were really happening to you, it'd be very unpleasant. It'd be bad. Yeah. Um. Then they attack Danny. You're like, oh no, this Oops. isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, did he not think about this? Yeah. I. I mean, while they were consuming her, I would have figured he would get up and run away. Well, he's got you know his femoral artery is bleeding out. So. Yeah. He's very injured. <laughs> so, um, Abra sees the twins in the hallway. Mm-hmm. That's Come not play good. with us. Then we get a uh, very possessed Danny. Um, did they are did they go to room two thirty seven here? I think they do. She, she runs, runs in there. and hides. Yeah, or is it their apartment, like the uh, caretaker's apartment? No, she runs into two thirty seven. Okay, yeah, because so we right. see her in the bathroom. There's uh, more ghosts. We uh, we see the great party guy. From yeah, the the shining. Yeah, before she runs into two thirty seven, we see all the ghosts are released. Right, Delbert Grady, uh, which that guy recast really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks very similar to the Bath Lady, like you said. Uh, Danny comes back for a quick second to tell her to get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah, he's just about ready to like kill her and yeah. chop her in her head. Yeah, and she reminds him of the boiler. Yeah, which is, I mean, uh clear homage to the original, original book mm-hmm. because um that is the whole boiler thing is danny as a kid is able to remind it's what the snaps ghost. him out of it yeah. yeah and the ghost is like no you know it yeah. runs back down self-preservation um, which also does that does happen in the uh made for tv remake which yes. you know with the I, guy from cheers yeah <laughs> not or, cheers wings, wings. Yeah. yeah wings which is that a spinoff no, I don't. What? No. Frazier was the spinoff. Yeah, Frazier was the spinoff. Uh, so, yeah, we go to the boiler. Danny fights the hotel off from stopping the boiler from destroying the hotel. 
Um, it catches on fire. Very quickly. Then he sees his mom with no flies, thankfully. And they hug. Yeah, and then he he's like the child version again. Right. But did you not think that that house caught on fire very quickly? Oh, yeah. I mean, very quickly, it was up in flames. Yeah, well, when Abra gets outside, you see the flames spreading like very fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. You know, it is dilapidated. That's so true. That. So, I mean, I guess. Um, then we get emergency vehicles coming. Okay, so how does she explain this? Because there are two vehicles that have driven up. Yeah. And there's only her. <laughs> uh, you know... Uh, I Maybe thinking, she uses her powers to influence them. I guess I was thinking about that. I'm like, how does she explain this? <laughs> again. Like, Without being like, it wasn't me. Yeah. Again, you got to suspend disbelief a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. It's a crazy situation, obviously. How um, did the van get in the middle <laughs> of the woods? <laughs> Carefully. <laughs> uh, Abra is talking to the ghost of Danny back at uh, their house, right? Yeah. Uh which at first they're kind of like, they make you think that he's really alive. Because mm-hmm. she talks about how she knew that he would get out. Right. Um, is Here's where we we're wondering, is Rose the last of the true not? She says that they are not. That she is not, right? right. That their group is not the last. She actually says this when they're having the confrontation on the stairs. But would you admit if you were... Well, yeah, she's very arrogant. Yeah. So if she's trying to put fear into them, she's right. going to lie to them. Right. You know, so it could go either way, but doesn't look like this is getting a movie sequel because mm-hmm. the first one didn't do very well. So which is surprising. I, f- I feel like uh, again, we we did discuss this a little bit before, but like I think, you know, maybe advertising didn't portray it quite yeah. what it was i thought the advertising was okay i didn't really see it advertised that much though like i don't watch a lot of uh yeah i mean tv I, so i didn't know i don't know how I much saw advertisements yeah um i think yeah time of year maybe had something to do with it october is not necessarily like the, the studio's most confident yeah, time of year it's, for movies it's halloween it was but I think it came out maybe like a couple weeks after Halloween or before. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe just too much time has passed since the original Shining. Yeah. I'm not sure that like. Because I feel like if it didn't do good in theaters, that's because nobody really gave it a chance. Yeah. But, right. I mean, I didn't see it in theaters, but that's just because I never got a chance to. And I don't know. Maybe that's whatever everybody. Also, I feel like the first it. Like it chapter one or whatever set unrealistic expectations. Yeah, you know and then I mean? we we got burned with Pet Cemetery yeah. and it chapter two yeah. to an extent, and then so maybe not like the best moment for yeah. this to come out because it wasn't terrible, and so I can't see. No, how, I, I, can't I actually see... think completely the opposite. I thought it was a great. Movie. Yeah, I can't see how word of mouth would have been bad about it. The only thing that I had bad about it was it just felt really long. Well. um... I think it maybe just felt long because, like, there's that extra half an hour on top of a normal length of movie. You know what I mean? Like, you're so used to a specific length of movie. Right. Like, that now when they're putting out Avengers and stuff like that, it's like, I understand that you have a lot of cool stuff you want to put into this movie, but... Those are all like three-hour movies. Yeah, 
This is this was close though. This is mm-hmm. two two and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Theatrical version is two and a half. Um, I think it was two thirty eight. Yeah. So, um, Abra assures her mom that Abra's dad and uh, Dan are okay. She says, uh, at first she says, no, I wasn't talking to anybody. Yeah. So at least she's like changing is a little more upfront she's, with her she's mom. She's taking now. Danny's advice and letting it shine. Danny is dead, but Abra lives on. Is, is that a fair trade? Yeah. Kind yeah. of. I like Dan. So I I'm, mean, he's still with her to yeah. an extent. And that is also Shades of the Shining. The dad lives so that, you know, he saved his son from the hotel pretty much. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Abra sees the bathtub lady just like young Danny did earlier in the movie, sort of bookending, right? Mm-hmm. The film. Um, so we can assume that she's going to put her in a box as well. Right. So she learned from Danny's uh, wisdom, you mm-hmm. know? So she's passing along her wisdom, and it just makes sense to end it that way. Right. Uh, in the book, Danny lives through the whole confrontation up at uh, Camp Overlook or whatever, um, gets his sobriety chip for many, many years or whatever. Uh, Danny and Abra are actually related in the book as well through Mm. an affair that um, Jack had. So that's a big change from this. They they don't address that whatsoever. Um, Wow. And then in the bonus features, let's very quickly talk about those. Uh, Mike, the director, and the crew all look really happy to be doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Everybody felt like it was a awesome thing, you know. Yeah. Nobody, at least, you know, in the bonus features, that's the way they portray it. It seems <laughs> like they're having a really good time. They're like, they are riding around on Danny's three wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> like they're 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 having a good time, right? right? Especially when they're in the Overlook. They don't really show a lot of stuff that's not in the Overlook. So I feel like the cameras were there for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve is really into the whole thing. Significantly less harsh in uh, ex- his explanations uh, about the Kubrick movie today than he used to be. He's be really cold on. I was going to say, he's, you know, he's kind of let some things go. Um, he explains the differences really well. And uh, let's see. So there's also in this these bonus features a deleted scene of Wendy looking through the uh, pages. Mm-hmm. So they didn't include that in either, which I found interesting. Pages of what? The uh, like in The Shining, oh, the, they recreated that yeah, scene okay. where she's flipping through. Gotcha. Um, I yeah, I mean they already kind of went overkill with some of those. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. In the in the director's cut version, there's a couple more. Uh, so they didn't even put that one in the director's hmm. cut. Um, let's see. Uh, they're playing by some of Kubrick's rules, rules as well as uh, Jack Torrance. You know, becomes an over Jack Jack Torrance becomes an Overlook employee in death, just like Delbert Grady did. Right. So that's a thing where like. Kubrick establishes this thing that when you know an old an old employee dies at the Overlook, they become an empo- they become a, they never something leave. else. Yeah. yeah, they're not a caretaker again when they come back. They're like you know, 
the janitor. Right. <laughs> Something like that. Um, let's see. And then Mike brought the boiler room ending from the book into the movie world, changing the book ending of Dr. Sleep a bit. Uh, Let's see. Do I have anything else? There might be one thing left on this. Director's cut. Uh, it's more clear in the director's cut that Danny had to close the door of the hotel and sacrifice himself. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit less on the nose about that um, in the theatrical version. Right. And, um, you know... Are there more of the not out there? They go to a little bit longer explaining some of that stuff. Um, and, you know. Like, were they wanting to, did they talk about, were they wanting to make a sequel out of this? Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, any, and this, <laughs> this is like a sequel, right? So, yeah. essentially, now we have a franchise. But, um, you know. Will they go beyond what King wrote? Um, like, that is purely determined by the success of the movie, right? Yeah. Um, King and Mike joke about uh, Abra's teenage years or Abra's, okay. you know, Abra's middle age years or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, like, certainly King is never opposed to any kind of idea like that. You know what I mean? It just felt like this was the... I mean, he Final came back, chapter in The Shining, you know. He, well, he came back 30 years later and added this Abra character. Yeah. So she would be the key to continuing this story, right? I mean, has he has King said anything about making another story just with her? Well, you know, I think he's kind of has left it up in the air at this point. Like, if his muse tells him that's where he needs to yeah. go, then he will. You know what I mean? He also has said before that the dark, he actually never said concretely like this story's over. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in between the shining and Dr. Sleep, he wondered like, where is Danny? But he didn't ever go there. You know yeah. what I mean? Now he has gone there. But, uh, can I know, just say, you can say anything. We're getting to a point in, uh, all these authors lives where they're getting older. Yeah. Like, I believe Clive Cussler just passed away mm. yesterday or this morning. And Sue Grafton passed away, like, last year or the year before. And she was doing a series. It was the Alphabet series. Yeah. Every book was A is for this, B is for this. And she got all the way up to Y oh, and no. passed away before Z came out. And the family has said she didn't finish writing it, so we're not going to get this published because she, yeah, didn't, no, she think... didn't finish it. So I'm just like, oh, my God, we're getting to this point where all of these people <laughs> are starting to die. Yeah, see, that's a really that's an interesting thing. For, well, first of all, one, first point is that um, Stieg Larson, who wrote The Girl that kicked the hornet's nest and mm -hmm. the girl with the dragon tattoo and all of those. Um, they put out a book after he died. I know they should not have done that. No, it's not as good. No. So I think like you, first of all, yes, you leave that in the family's hands, but at the same time you have somebody who's like that worked with him, maybe was his editor or something like that. Be like, Hey, mm -hmm. he wouldn't want this. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like, that is all up to all the parties involved to decide. But 
I for for me, if it was me and I got something that I wrote that was in my uh you know my safe or whatever unfinished mm-hmm. don't put this shit out right <laughs> you, yeah. like you can read it because you're my family uh or if it's a really close loved one yeah they can read it they're privileged yeah. to be able to do so right uh but i feel like if they did they would say yeah this isn't done yeah you know and most authors even the biggest ones even king himself has uh, has editors that work with him to make his stuff better. Yeah. They're not too proud to the, like it wouldn't be as good if there wasn't an editor being like, "Hey, maybe you should take a second look at this or a third look at this," right? Mm-hmm. Um also King himself almost died before yeah. he finished the Dark Tower series. Once he recovered and wrote a book or two, then he decided um I am not as immortal as I feel. I feel like that's a human thing is like we all tend to feel like we're a little bit more um, untouchable it, than we, you know, we really we are. are. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I'm going to finish the dark tower now. And yeah. everybody's like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, well, know. imagine how all these people are feeling with uh, George R. R. Martin. Oh yeah. Everybody's just waiting. And he's not a healthy guy. For the final book. No. (laughs) You've seen him. He's not a healthy looking guy. He's very plump. Uh, And that's not it. I'm not trying to insult him at all. No. But even he knew that. Yeah. Even he knows that. Like he gave HBO the ending just in case he did die before he finished the book. So, uh, you know, as far as Dr. Sleep goes, I feel like the ending the King put on it is a fine ending. If we don't get more, right. then that's fine. If this uh, movie series doesn't go further, I feel like it ended pretty well. Yeah. Um, and overall, I really liked this movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, you kind of just did. <laughs> <laughs> but you should check it out because there's a lot of really cool visual Oh, my God. Visually, visual things. it was just amazing. Yeah. And uh, sonically, the sound, the, right. all the... Uh, Totally, it was yeah. It was just it was really good. Across thought, the board, loved it. I thought they um, nailed it. And we can't say that about a lot of King stuff that's come no, out recently. So, definitely not. Uh, that was definitely not our review for Pet Cemetery. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, it part two. It part two. Yeah, we were not kind to either of those, but they deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. Make better movies, and we won't exactly. be mean. Uh, I don't think we were necessarily mean, but especially I'm, Pet Cemetery. My God, the ending of that movie! I am still not over that. You do not make them all zombies. I don't like thinking about it. I won't watch it again. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. By the way, spoilers for Pet Cemetery. <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, should, you're not gonna watch. We it already anyway. said don't watch it. Yeah, we um, already, we already did our review of it anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. In a few weeks, ish. We're probably going to talk about the back half of the uh, uh, first, maybe only season of uh, what's it called? Outsider. Outsider. Um, oh, we got called out for naming a bunch of actors that weren't in the Outsider. By the way, who did? <laughs> we did at the end of the, the Outsider episode. We named like a bunch. I, off the top of our heads, we were naming actors. I personally said two that were not in the movie. <laughs> who did I say? I can't remember who you said, but I said Val Kilmer was in it. He's not in it. No. And I think I said... Oh, the movie Outsiders, yeah. I think I I either said Tom Cruise... Kevin Bacon's in it, right? I either said Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks. 
Um, Tom Hanks definitely isn't in it. You know, when you said it, I, I wasn't going to say yeah. you're wrong, but I don't remember who I said. And I don't remember if Tom Cruise is in it either. I don't think so. It was it was um, Swayze, right? Ooh, I, and... I'm not going down this road. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm trying to picture the cover art for the for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure it's there's a bunch a, of guys. There's a Swayze. There, and it's the people that are in the movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. And one of uh, a lesser known brother of someone. I feel like Ralph Macchio. No. I did mention him too. You know. <laughs> so I don't know. There's people. Um. Yeah. I I believe Patrick Swayze is in it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna go any further than that. <laughs> They are all very. They're all, you know. You know what? We're all human, and we make younger males from the time. Everybody was in all the movies in the eighties. Some of the guys that were in the Brat Pack. Let's just let's mm-hmm. just put a blanket that statement are okay. in that movie, all right. The Outsiders. Okay, we're leaving now. Uh, <laughs> if you like the show, share it on your social medias because that's where people will look for things. Uh, leave us a really nice review. We have a couple, but we don't have as many as we would like. I'd like more. I'd love more. Just like we'd love more of uh, good Stephen King stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That's it for today. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye, 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 bye.